0: Well, we're uh, going to be having a communion service at the conclusion of the message. So uh, you might want to uh, mentally and spiritually prepare for that. Our subject is peace. We're continuing on in our short sermon series on the Beatitudes. And we've come through six thus far. And number seven is Matthew five verse nine, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. So that's the theme for the message today, peacemakers. Since God is a God of peace and we are his children, shouldn't we be peacemakers? We wanna follow in his steps and in his direction. So we should A, be people of peace and be be peacemakers now i'll tell you right up front i'm not going to be talking about how to go out into the world and make peace among other people <laughs> that is a very difficult if not impossible task now if any of you have any doubt that god is all about peace let me just give you a few scriptures here i'm not even going to turn to them she you can bring them up if you'd like Romans 15 verse 33 the Apostle Paul describes God as he says the God of peace be with you all so peace is very important to God understand that for all time and we think of time in a worldly sense but to God time doesn't mean the same thing he has always existed He's always existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And those three, we call them persons, or we know that God is one yet identifies himself as three beings or persons in the Trinity. They have always existed in peace. Some of us have trouble sometimes having peace over the course of a week (laughs) in our lives but the father son and holy spirit have always for all time eternally existed in peace they don't have any arguments or fights or anything like that they're totally in peace and unity so as we become christians we're invited into that relationship of father son holy spirit we're not god but we're children of god and God encourages us to live that same life of peace. Also, Isaiah nine, verse six, a prophecy about Jesus when he would be born on earth, incarnated, and what his life would be like. Isaiah nine, verse six, this prophecy says, and he will be called Prince of Peace. Could have been Prince of a lot of things, But in this particular prophecy, he is the prince of peace. And thirdly, Galatians 5, verse 22, the Holy Spirit, we know the fruits of the Holy Spirit as they're listed here in Galatians 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is, you haven't memorized, love, joy, and what's number three? Peace. So we all have the Holy Spirit. So there should be peace in our lives. We should be striving to live a peaceful life, and not only ourselves, but to try to bring peace to others as much as possible. Now, I'll use the example of our cat, Alvin. Cats love peace. They hate chaos. (laughs) So whenever things are peaceful at home, He's really enjoying himself and resting. But if any chaos comes near, he's looking for a place to hide. He wants to get out, okay? And in a sense, we we should be that way too. Somebody's phone is ringing. (laughs) The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have always existed in this relationship of peace. And I don't know about you, but I like peace. It's very encouraging and relaxing to be in a peaceful situation. And I'm kind of the way my cat is if I sense chaos or trouble happening or brewing I like to to depart (laughs) and to get out of that situation You know, I was in Walmart just the other day and here an argument is breaking out in the parking lot somebody with this huge SUV was parked there and somebody was trying to pull into the next parking space and scraped the side of her probably about a 50 to 60 thousand dollar vehicle and these two women are arguing with one another and who knows what it's going to lead to in this day and age okay guns can be pulled uh, people can be hurt but anyway peace should be a hallmark or a distinguishing characteristic of each of our lives Yet, at the same time, we're living in a fallen world that has been searching for peace throughout history. How ironic is that? Paul said in Romans 3, verse 17, the way of peace they do not know. And for those of us who've been around for a while, you know, it seems that we go from war to war in this world. There are wars going on right now that we're not even aware of in faraway parts of the world. So what what is wrong? Why can't the world, why can't society find peace? Jesus came to bring us peace. So the question is, how do we have peace and how do we make peace? And I wanna turn to Ephesians chapter two. There's a passage there that is gonna be the central part of this sermon. Ephesians two beginning in verse 11. Because there's an important key to finding peace in our lives, a peace that the world has not discovered. Ephesians 2 beginning in verse 11, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about Jesus Christ. He says, therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, it is the Jews, that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate, separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ." Verse 14, for he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. So understand that we all No matter what our nationality is, back in those days the main distinction was the Jews versus the Gentiles. The two groups didn't like each other, didn't care for each other, separated culturally by language and so many other ways. They were all not at peace with God. It was hostility because they had all sinned just as we had And instead of being in friendly terms, being one and unified with God, they were awaiting God's wrath because of their sins. In a sense, they were enemies of God. But God did something about that. He was the first one to bring peace. And he did it by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to die on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins so that instead of hostility between us and God, and he did it for the whole world, there can now be reconciliation with God and peace between us, humanity, and God. So the first one who brought peace to this world was God through his son, Jesus Christ. So he settled the problem. He settled the animosity. He settled the hostility. And he didn't just do it for one group or the other. It wasn't just for Jews, it wasn't just for Gentiles, it was for both. And in a sense, that unifies not just Jews and Gentiles, but people of all nations, people of all cultures, now can have peace with God, and it was through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. Now God has done his work What we have to do when we hear the gospel, when we hear this story of Jesus and who he was and what he did, we have to humble ourselves, believe the gospel, repent of our sins and accept Jesus as our personal savior. And that's when peace comes to us personally, okay? God did it objectively for the whole world to have his son die on the cross, but it only becomes ours We only own it when we believe, have faith, and accept Jesus as our Savior. Now, now I, I don't know about you. I lived many years of my life, even as a Catholic, fearing final judgment. Because Catholic belief stresses not so much grace and mercy. At least that's the way I was taught it but it talked about law keeping and it talked about final judgment. And for many years of my life, I was not convinced that I was gonna make it come judgment time, because I knew myself, you know, as a teenager, especially a young adult, I was doing wrong things. So there was always that concern, there was always that worry, that fear sometimes that Jesus was returning, there was gonna be a final judgment And I had serious doubts as to whether I was going to make it or be chosen to go to a heavenly reward. And it wasn't until later on in my life when I came to understand grace more clearly and to understand that I'm not saved by my law keeping, I'm saved by God's grace. And I was assured therefore that I was going to make it because come judgment time, You know, I wasn't going to stand before a book and they were going to remind me of all the bad things I did versus the good things and kind of weigh it one way or the other. When judgment time comes, I am already declared not guilty of my sins by God's forgiveness, his mercy, and his grace. And you know what? That gives me peace in my life like I never had before. I mean a deep, profound peace. To know that I was okay with regard to God. Not only okay, but that he loves me desperately. And that I have the privilege of being called one of his children. Now, that clears up a lot of problems in my mind. (laughs) And it puts me at peace. And you know what? I've tried to convince uh, people who don't understand about grace. And don't really understand who Jesus was and why he came. You know, I try to uh, leave their worries and concerns. And it's hard for some people to accept that. And you know, you can't, you can't be telling me the truth to tell me that all my sins are forgiven and I've already made it to heaven, as far as God is concerned. You know, when I first came to, to truly understand that, it was, wow, how, how great God is and how merciful and it's amazing grace it is truly amazing grace but that brings us peace now if you don't believe the gospel and accept jesus as your savior you're still searching for peace in your life and that's the world today why can't we stop fighting why can't we have peace and all just be happier when i think of uh, the united nations remember when the united nations was formed way back when And how many decades has that group been working at their headquarters in New York to try to solve all the world's problems and try to bring peace? And it seems that there's not even peace within the bounds of the United Nations. It's all these different cultural groups and nations kind of fighting one another. So it's hopeless. There is never going to be any peace on this earth until Jesus Christ returns. And everybody is going to have the opportunity to believe, you know. I don't know exactly how God's going to work that. But without Jesus Christ, there can be no peace in the world or in your life. It's that simple. He is the key, He is the source. That's why He's called the Prince of Peace. Peace can only come through Him. As the scripture said, we just read, Jesus is our peace. Because he is the one who removed the penalty, reconciled us to God. His death reconciled us to God, and now we dwell in peace with God. Jesus is the perfect peacemaker. He not only gives us peace, but our peace is only in and through him. So if you don't acknowledge Jesus Christ, if you do not recognize, believe, and have faith in who he is and what he's done for us, you're gonna be troubled all your life with worry, doubt, and confusion. Peace is not merely an absence of fighting and conflict. It's a term describing salvation and fellowship with God. That's why I feel peace, because I'm in fellowship with God, like I never was before. It's a relationship. It's a fellowship. It involves communication. It involves adoration, prayer to Him trying to to walk in the way of life that he's given us to follow. So peace is relational, and it encompasses all of our life. Through Jesus, we now have access and closeness and fellowship with God. Now, in this life, we have a choice. You can go through this life two ways, with God or without God. And we have chosen to live our lives with God and we have been blessed by it, and we have peace in our lives. Maybe not as deeply as we would like, maybe there are some things we still need to work out in our individual lives. And with God's help, they can be worked out, and we can get through this life in peace. Notice here in verse 15, we're still in Ephesians 2, verse 15 says, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. So Jesus healed the differences between Jews and Gentiles. He made the two cultures into one. He didn't turn the Gentiles into Jews. And he didn't turn the Jews into Gentiles he created a new being a new person he made a new creation in himself so when we look at each other in the church knowing that we have Jesus as our Savior the Holy Spirit dwelling in us what is the most important thing to us when we come together Well, we're fellow believers, aren't we? We all here have faith in Jesus as our Savior. And that has made us a new creation. So we no longer focus, even though just here in this room, we have varied backgrounds, varied cultures, varied nationalities, varied race. We have male and female here. But that isn't important to us anymore. What's truly important to us as Christians as we come together in unity and peace here is that we have Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we're part of this new creation. The things that used to make us different don't really matter that much anymore. The fact that we're children of God and that we all have Jesus Christ as our Savior, that supersedes anything that used to divide us as people in this world. Yeah, we may still be Hungarian or Greek or this or that, but it's not important anymore. We don't emphasize that. Sure, we can go to our own nationality cultures, but what's really important is that we're all Christians. We're all children of God. Turn with me to Galatians chapter three. Well, let me read on here. Stay here in Ephesians 2. I want to finish this passage. So he made the two one, Jews and Gentiles. They became Christian and they became unified and they live in peace now. Verse 17, he came and preached peace to you who are far away, Gentiles, and peace to those who were near. So in the first century church, you had now Jews and Gentiles who used to hate each other now coming together to worship God together in the church. And they were unified. Verse 18, for through him, Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Verse 19, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So that was God's plan from from the beginning. He was going to look down on this earth and he was going to bring unity and peace. And how did he do it? By sending his son to die on the cross, to create amongst these people who used to be very divided, to bring them together as one new creation. Somebody asked me the question one time, you know, when we get to heaven, are there still going to be nationalities and differences in that way? I don't know for sure, but I tend to doubt it because that stuff's not important anymore. That stuff divides. We look for things that unify. And that's certainly why we don't bring a lot of politics into church. Because if there's anything that divides in this country today, believe me, it's, it's politics. And why don't we have this here? Why don't we about preach about one side versus the other side that is sure to bring division? So we kind of put that aside. What we preach about here supersedes Anything that's going on in our country and in the world that divides people. There's an endless list of things that divide people in this world. And it shows on the news every night. Let's turn now to Galatians 3. Galatians 3, beginning in verse 26. So you are all, all children of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. So as soon as you're baptized, as soon as you accept Jesus as your savior, that's when God considers you a son or a daughter from that point forward. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ, Jesus. Because all those other things divide people. (laughs) And there's always gonna be that division in this world. There's gonna be male and female. There's going to be different nationalities. But it says here in verse 29, if you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's what's the most important. Our relationship to Jesus supersedes ethnic, social, and even sexual distinctions. That's the way God looks at it, and that's the way we should look at it. That's why we can get along together peacefully because we put Jesus first, we focus on him, and that's what brings us together in unity to being a part of the new creation. Now I told you, I'm not here today to Teach you how to go out into society and solve people's problems and bring peace where there is violence. You know, when Jesus was going to send his disciples out uh, as missionaries, it says in, in the Gospels there, he says, I send you out as sheep amongst wolves. Society is a very dangerous place. Now, we all have to go out into society and function. Okay, we we all come out, or we all uh, have opportunities to you know, rub shoulders with people, so to speak, and to talk to people sometimes, and to interact with people. Yeah, but understand that society is not the church. We're going out kind of into hostile territories when we go out there. We're going out as sheep among wolves, so we have to be careful. You know, Jesus said... We should be as wise as serpents and as meek as doves, as gentle as doves. So when you go out into that foreign territory out there where we have to function, we need to be circumspect. Now, if you can have some sort of an effect on people you know who don't get along together, That's fine, but be careful. Uh, God has not called us to go out into society and solve everybody else's problems. He's commanded us to solve our own problems by the grace of God and to work on ourselves, not on other people. He hasn't called us to go out there and point out to different people what their problems are and what they need to do to fix them. God is capable with, with working with those people If there's any emphasis in our lives it's working on our own problems so understand what god has called you to do and what he hasn't called you to do you know some of our members i'm not talking about this particular church but christians around the world can serve sometimes maybe on the committees in their community and uh you know offer help or offer suggestions It's very difficult to bring god into the conversation because a lot of people don't want to hear it depending on where you live and you know what you're involved with so we're somewhat limited in what we can do we're to let god's light shine in our lives we're to be compassionate and kind with people following in jesus footsteps Uh, but like i said when it says blessed are the peacemakers God has not called us to go out and solve everybody else's problems. I had a friend, he was actually a minister, this goes back several years in the church, not this congregation, but another one, and after I had left the area, I heard that uh, he was actually killed. He was murdered. Somebody shot him because there was some sort of a fight going on in his neighborhood, and he went out there to try to stop it and to bring peace where there was violence and you know controversy and arguments and one of the people involved in it just pulled out a gun and shot him killed him so like jesus said we are sheep and the society around us is made up of wolves there's nice people out there there are christian people out there but i'm just saying Before you try to advise people you don't know on how to live and how to make peace in their lives, you need to be very careful. You need to be very circumspect. Be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And you need to understand or consider what that means to you in that particular situation that you're involved in. I know sometimes even amongst relatives, and you know relatives are fighting and you're trying to, you know, help them have peace in their lives, you can end up making matters worse. Instead of, you know, she being mad at him, now they're both mad at you (laughs) and, you know, accuse you of sticking your nose in other people's business. So when God talks about blessed are the peacemakers, first of all, he's talking about your relationship with God. You know are you living in peace with God through Jesus Christ if you claim Jesus as your Savior and understand what his death on the cross meant for you that your sins can be forgiven that you can be in relationship with God now that you could have the peace of Jesus Christ in your life because of what he's done for you and it's good to take that message whenever possible to others or to preach the gospel You know, if somebody says, in this crazy world, how do you seem to be able to handle it? You seem to have everything together in your life. You know, the news doesn't bother you. Uh, Trials in your life don't seem to bother you. Well, I have peace through Jesus Christ. He's my Savior. And I know where I'm going after this life. I'm already convinced of it. God's have a heavenly reward in store for me. So I can count on that and have peace now. So if you can share that story with others, wonderful. That's great. You're making peace between them and God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Let's turn finally to Romans 15, verse 7. Romans 15, verse 7. Again, the Apostle Paul writing says, Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. So we should be very open-minded when God calls somebody to church. And as society gets more and more weird, you can expect people who are different from you to perhaps be called by God into church. It's very important that we don't judge them, that we accept them. Because before becoming Christians, we were just like them. Involved more and more with the way society is directing people to go. But there's no lost causes as far as God's concerned. You know, he can call anybody into fellowship with the church. So we should accept whoever he calls to come and who knows what the future holds but uh, we should show the love of God we should show compassion Uh, and God's gonna straighten out their lives if they have support and uh, teaching from the church gentle teaching not condemnation not judgment but a lot of people don't know very much about God these days and that's one of the reasons why we're here to teach what God's way is and what he expects of us and what brings glory to him. So yeah, we're to be peacemakers. We're to enjoy the peace God has given us in our lives, to be an example to others we come in contact with and when possible to share our story about what brought peace to us and the fact that God can make peace with anybody but it's through Jesus Christ that peace comes and glory to him and our thanks to him for what he's done in our lives. Let's pray. Our heavenly father, thank you that you have brought peace to us through your son, Jesus Christ. We didn't know how to find peace and it may not solve all the problems in our lives, but just the assurance for us to know that you're there, that you love us deeply, that you've forgiven us of our sins and you're trying to help as much as you can and as much as you decide to, to make our lives peaceful. Help us to continue to come to you for that peace, that peace that is beyond understanding. That's the peace that you've brought to us. And uh, we need to live out the rest of our time in this world, and it's unfortunate and it's sad for us to see it become more and more in pieces and people struggling, people looking for answers, and how futile it is for them to find peace if they don't first know you. So we pray that you reveal yourself to them and give them the blessing that you've given us all. And now, Father, we're gonna have time for communion. This is when we come to you and partake of the symbols that you instituted, the bread, which represents the body of Jesus Christ, the broken body of Jesus Christ, which he gave up to bring peace to us and eventually to the whole world. And the fruit of the vine, Father, representing the blood of Jesus Christ, both a part of the total sacrifice that he gave. So you want to bring peace to this world. We know you eventually will. You want to bring peace to our individual lives. So Father, help us to continue to seek you, to appreciate the relationship we have with you, and we just pray the blessing of peace you know each of our lives individually father and you know where we need to find peace so we pray that you bring it to us give us that rest that peace brings to us the assurance that we have in you and the relationship we have with you so father that's our prayer today help us to be peacemakers thank you and we pray this now in jesus christ's name amen